Welcome back to another episode of Being Human with Chris Walker, a podcast about just that, being human. How can we be the human being that we truly want to be and stop being the human being that we think we're supposed to be? In this episode, we are going to talk about yoga and wellness industry. And so often in these podcasts, I love to be real. I love to be honest. And I love to have an essence of something about positivity and connection, even in challenging times. But I'm just going to go on a rant. The wellness industry, the yoga industry, I feel like there's so, man, I don't even know what to say about it. There is, I get a, <laughs> oh, the, the industry is broken. It needs to get fixed. This is this and it's that. And I, I des definitely, there's some things, but it's definitely not a broken industry. Very similarly to the way people talk about society. Society's broke. The system's broke. I was like, no, the system isn't helping you and the system isn't helping a lot, but the system's working great. The system, which was designed by the people at top, is doing just that. It's keeping them at top and it's keeping all of us working. The societal system that we live in is telling you that you're not enough inherently as you are. So buy this thing, buy this thing, buy this thing. If you have all of these, then you will feel more connected. If you have the fancy watch, oh, but to get the fancy watch, you need to then work for the company this many hours. You need to subscribe to all these different things. So it is working just the way that it was designed to. And the modern yoga and wellness industry is doing the exact same thing. It is a capitalistic industry that is rooted in one of the most beautiful forms of connection that exists, yoga. But it is to say that you are not enough and do this and you will become enough. And that is a overview of the industry the industry, not the practice, not the people, not even all, not even talking about definitively the studios, but we are running. There is a yoga business. There's a yoga business that is yoga studios. And those yoga studios have a hard job. I have compassion to all yoga studio owners because you, we live in a world where rent continues to go up. Therefore, just to have your studio costs more and more every single year. And then cost of living goes up. So that means we have to pay, you have to pay your teachers a certain amount of money so that they can have some sort of a livelihood that they can afford to live and teach at your studio. And at the end of the day, you're running a business. You have to make some money to support yourself. So that is a challenge. And because it's such a challenge, it can deviate people from true yoga-like intentions to more capitalistic ventures. And probably the best studio that I've ever seen run is Try Yoga in London. And I believe the person that started it was an investment banker that basically just saw a market opportunity. It was like, this thing, London needs good yoga. And he basically put a bunch of money into it and then hired very much yogic people to run and create uh, this space for him. And I was like, it seems like the one that's doing the best. The spaces are beautiful. The teachers are top notch and it just seems to work. But then we 
take ourselves out of studio world, that part of the industry yoga, and then we go into the yoga industry from a fashion perspective. That is a whole thing. And the the egos that exist often with women, because men in yoga basically just all wear the same shorts, but with like, what am I wearing and how do I look? And that is its own mind boggling thing. And then we look at what is a yogi. And I used to have this thing. I'm like, there are three types of things that we see on the internet. (laughs) There are yogis, people that subscribe to a yogic lifestyle. There are yoga models and there are yoga teachers. You can be all three and you can be one or you can be two of those things. And that is slightly judgmental and I'll own that, but it is also super fucking factual. And that was always the hard thing for me was like, I actually almost quit teaching yoga before I even started my yoga teaching career in Bali. I started teaching in London and I loved it. It was literally the antidepressant that got me through my divorce. My life in London was basically eating, teaching and smoking spliffs and (laughs) cultivating a relationship with my ex-partner or the partner that I had then. And, uh, but man, such a beauty. And I came back to Bali and nothing worked in Bali. And I remember I was at this class at my studio and I was looking around. This woman was teaching it out here. She's quite a popular Bali teacher. And I looked and there's like 80 people in this class. And it was definitely 70 women, maybe 75 women. There's a couple gay guys. And there's a couple like came with my girlfriend, like yoga, like, and then there was me. And, you know, the sea of people, mainly white and Asian. And I'm just thinking to myself, it was like, I just like Lululemonville or this even shorter shorts, Bali versions of Lululemon. And I just looked at myself, I was like, man, I do not fit in here at all. Like, fuck this shit. I'm not going to be a yoga teacher. I literally left the class, called my mom at like three in the morning. I'm like, I'm moving back to ba- I'm moving back to California. Uh, I was going to quit. Started looking at career pages. And so this industry just was like, this is like, feels like I'm surrounded by bullshit. And what we realize is we are in a industry that is taking a thing and trying to have businesses around it. And that creates challenge because guess what? When I come back to compassion, people are doing the best they can with what they have in any given moment. And not everybody's good at dealing with shit. Uh, Not everyone's good at dealing with business. Not everyone's good at dealing with yoga. So we look at what was a thing that started in India and Krishnamacharya was a very a modest person who began to teach yoga. He was the one that opened up not just women being able to be teachers, but he was the one that actually taught women to do yoga when that was basically, not basically, it was forbidden to do in India. And this essence of yoga is this healing ability for us to practice, to practice connecting to ourselves so that we can better connect to things around us. But as we fast forward into today's world, the practice of connecting to ourselves to connect to others, man, I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> I told you if that was the tagline on every yoga studio, maybe nobody might fucking go do yoga. There has to be a thing that 
we think is super important that we need to achieve. So the world of yoga is definitely gone down the route of basically fitness classes that are loosely looped around this concept of yoga or these yoga shapes, but there has to be this creation of a compelling event because it's a business. It's just like, what are you lacking or what do you need? So I'm going to kind of paint a picture of the things that you're lacking so that you will come subscribe to this thing so you can feel fulfilled. And best case, we don't nig, renig, like nig people, or I think the word is neg, neg people, but we do create whether it is community, community and connection through the yoga practice to bring people together. But that's not always the case. I was just trying to go teach in Dubai and I'm looking at these websites and it is kind of demoralizing because it is just essentially fitness of yoga, but they're in a business. And I looked at this one website and this studio had all female teachers and they are, it is, they are gorgeous, but it is like the most beautiful women and all the photos are them doing these fun things. I'm like, this looks fun. But then I, but then there is either an unintentional or intentional view that says, come here to look like this. And that's not bad. I'm not saying that they're wrong for that, but we have created an industry that is saying, come get healed by yoga, fix, do this to fix yourself because you're broken. And in my training that I run here in Bali, I just had to have them delete an Instagram post because it's just like, no, their yin yoga or yoga has the power to heal, but we are not healing people. Because people are not broken and it is not my right to tell you that you're broken or to pitch you to come do my thing so that you can heal yourself or you can fix yourself because we are all, all good. I do believe that as human beings, we get disconnected and in moments of disconnection, we can get lost. So for me, this is the practice of connection, the practice of finding oneself and we can feel lost, but then to feel found or that we are finding ourselves or finding our way on our path. But we, when we think about the industry, the industry is there to help people make money and the most, and it is so hard because when I really think about it, you know, you can count on my, I feel like I can count on my hand, my fingers right now about how many people have the capacity and are secure in their practice and their ability to share their practice for that to be enough. We have teacher training factories where they are marketing engines. The owner of the teacher training schools aren't even yogis and don't even do yoga yet. They are just pumping money into marketing so that people show up to be found, to be seen, to be heard, or whatever it might be, there's it's just a money grab. There was an owner of a studio here in Bali, at a studio that I used to teach at, that has two locations. And one of the locations is only does classes. They teach classes and people come. And we had some of the best teachers on the island as a part of, of this. And this, this location has been around for a little over a year. And the owner of the studio said, if we don't start doing yoga teacher trainings, this whole studio is pointless. 
So in that person's mind, him not making a certain amount of money made the entire studio pointless. And that is sad. That's sad because hundreds of, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds to thousands of people got a moment of connection, whether it was one class or they are regular students there, this space enable humans to connect to themselves, to be better connect to everything else in their life. And that to say, because I didn't make so much money, this place is pointless is sad and it's demoralizing and it's almost fucking depressing, but that is the world that we live in. And I think God, I think myself, I think whatever it is that I've been able, it's slowed my path down, but I've been able to evolve as a yoga teacher from a place of deep authenticity and intention. So I gave myself permission when I started teaching yoga that said, Hey, I've got this post-divorce post, um, got this post-divorce post corporate world egg, and I'm not going to put pressure on myself to do something that feels unnatural, forced, or inauthentic to try to get money out of this teaching yoga thing. So I just taught and I taught all the time and it was beautiful. And now I'm evolving to be able to create truly authentic offerings that will also provide me with financial abundance. But the reality is, is that studios and teachers don't all have that opportunity. We have to force ourselves to create a training before we're qualified for or ready for because rent has to get paid. Things need to get bought. We have to allow ourselves to have some levels of not just comfort in life, but allow us to feel that we are in a place where we are part of whatever our social environment is. It's another episode that I'm going to do that's going to talk about happiness. But when they talk about money doesn't buy happiness, it is true. But we have to not just have the money to support our base needs. This In the U.S., they call it this $70,000. We have to have the money that allows us to be able to be accepted into whatever our social environment is, to be able to go out to dinner, to be around the human beings that we want to be a part of our community. So there is that part. So it forces us to do these unnatural things and not allow ourselves to naturally progress from a place of authenticity. And I looked at it when I was in the U.S. And when I was in the U.S., there were so few male yoga teachers in large cities because a lot of the male yoga teachers and even the really successful female yoga teachers were all older. They were people that had established themselves and what they offer in a kind of the earlier generation. And by the time now they were already had these deeply beautiful, authentic offerings and trainings and retreats. But then newer teachers as a man who has to be the provider, I'm like, Oh, I get paid $50 a class. Uh, how many classes do I have to teach? I'm teaching 23 classes, basically just to get by in London or San Francisco, where a lot of female teachers were able to fully express themselves and their authenticity and also have a boyfriend that was an investment banker making 400K. So when I looked at my studio, it was outside of the owner. It was every woman had a partner or that made multiple six figures. And so that was something that became even more challenging for me looking at this environment. How do I do me and also quote unquote, be a man. So the industry is a capitalistic business, but the yoga 
is beautiful. And I don't know how much of a rant this was. I don't know how positive this was. I don't know how negative this was, but I want to come back to the yoga, the yoga that sits in different capacities in the industry that is the yoga and wellness industry. For me, yoga is the layer that is on top of what we call yoga, what we call meditation, what we call personal development, because it is the practice to connect to ourselves, Atman, to better to connect to Brahman, this infinite universe that is around us. And that's it. That's the name of the game that is life. And they say one of the goals of yoga, how do we reduce or eliminate the fluctuations of the mind, the disconnection from the present moment? Another goal of yoga is talked about is the practice of yoga is the practice of disconnecting from our connection to suffering. And suffering is this attachment that we have to a thing that isn't or won't be. If we are attached to a relationship that has ended, we are putting ourselves in a place of suffering until we accept that. And so no matter what the industry is, no matter what the tagline of the industry is, no matter how the people in the industry act, treat us, teach, whatever it is, how do we come back to this core practice of connecting to ourselves to better connect to everything else around us? As students, how do we come back to that being the practice? Not the practice of, do I look good in my Lululemons? Not the practice of, what does my handstand look like? What does my pin shot look like? But the practice of finding a sense of peace and connection to ourselves and help that foster peace and connection to everything else that's around us. And in that, having peace and connection to everything else around us, that includes the things that bring us discomfort. I look at my life right now and very much in friction with this yoga industry. I just want to share what I love with the world. And I can't even get an email back from a studio. I think to myself, if you're a student, you're like, hey, I want to get a year membership. I'm pretty sure the email comes back immediately. Here are options. And we would love to take your money. And somebody reaches out and says, I love what I do and I'm great at it. And I can't even get a replied email. Now I get that they want to protect their environment. They want to protect their students. I get that. That makes sense. But shouldn't I at least get a, sorry, we don't accept outside teachers versus just being ignored. And so I find a frustration with the yoga industry. I find a frustration that has commoditized yoga a little bit or a lot of it. I have a frustration with not feeling seen. I have a frustration of feeling like I have to sell myself and my offerings as though they're not just things that come solely from my heart. And so with that, I remind myself, I remind myself of my first yoga class with a specific male teacher in London. His name was Chris McGee. And I remember coming out of that class and being like, yo, I feel fucking great. I don't exactly know what just happened, but I feel great. And that was just a normal guy. That was just a normal guy being himself, just like I'm a normal guy. And I realized that I, that could be me. And every time I teach, 
I know that I have the capacity or there is the possibility that a person in my class is going to feel as good or even better than I felt on that day. So I remind myself that for every class that I teach and every training that I teach and in my moments of frustration, I come back to that and realize that's why I'm a yoga teacher and that's why I love yoga. So despite the direction the industry is going, despite how much it hurts or how frustrated it can be, yoga is beautiful and yoga has the power to change lives before it changed my life. And I just have to remember that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Being Human with Chris Walker. I hope you subscribe and I hope you give a listen to another episode. Hopefully we have you on again.